one of the let me say maybe the attack the devil has launched against the grace of Christianity is to make men believe that their righteousness or their salvation is purchased or can be attained by their personal piety. This is very important. That their salvation is predicated on their personal piety. So you will see a lot exercising their religious life thinking that it is by what they are doing on account of what they do in their life that is the reason why God should respond to them. That is the reason why they will make heaven. And so they invest so much on their personal piety. You know, you will see that activity of religion around them. But it's a deception. It's a deception. And you must descend that in your life. Your salvation is not predicated on your personal piety. It is not your piety that brings about salvation. Your piety is a result of the salvation you have received. Amen. Amen. Did you get the last thing I just said now? Your piety is supposed to be the product of the salvation you have received already. Not that it's your piety that procures your salvation. And that is the, one of the biggest revelations God revealed to Paul in his ministry. And Paul himself, when he caught sight of this, he began to pray for his own people, the Jews. Because the Jews believe that it is by their activities that they will make and get the favor of God. Paul now began to pray in Romans chapter 10. He said that his people are full of zeal for God. But they are doing that, pursuing their own type of righteousness and not submitting themselves to the righteousness that God has offered. Are you getting the connection here? And so Paul is now trying to say that there's a type of righteousness now that God demands from us. Not the one that you do with your life and then you procure salvation and that's the more is why God should answer your prayer and all that. No. That type of righteousness or uh, journey with God is over. There's a new dimension. God now has raised a righteousness for you. And he's telling you, if you can submit yourself to this new type of righteousness, then his grace will flow through you. In that righteousness is your salvation. In that righteousness is your deliverance, is your everything. And that's why Paul will write in Galatians that Jesus is our new righteousness. The question now is, you must submit totally to the new righteousness. So it is Jesus now who determines your life. As long as you yield to what he asks of you, his righteousness will become your righteousness. So if you stand before God, what makes you right is not because you've been keeping yourself like this and bending your ear like this and doing all the pious activities in church and all those things. And you say, God, can't you see my effort? Oh, God, I've been so good to you. You see, I've been so faithful. Eh, eh. 
It is not because of her faithfulness, but because of the faithfulness of the one who has obeyed God unto death. So Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our strength. Jesus is our life. Jesus is our everything. We don't have anything. Jesus has everything. Whatever we brandish in our lives is for Jesus. So that was the argument that ensued in the first reading of today. But the apostles have to discuss that extensively. And the gospel now you know, clears it very well. Jesus comes and makes it very, very clear. He said, I am the vine. And what? You can see now. What is the difference between the vine tree and the branches? Any difference? What is the difference? Well, is that a difference? What is the difference? You are talking about position. Okay, what is the difference between your head and your leg? You know the same person. There is no difference. Are they different entities? The branch and the vine itself, is, are they two different things? Amen. Whether you are talking about the source, your leg and your brain, any difference? It, it, they, are, they, are, they are make up of one entity. Whether the head is here and the leg is there, it makes no difference. They can't come and call you John, and from your head to your neck is John, and then from your neck down is uh, Philip. Is it that way? No. By even identifying the branches and the vine, it's just to tell us that there's branches because of the physical reality. But in the real sense of the word, the vine itself and the branches are the same. Because if you look at the branch, it is still the same vine. It is the extension of the vine tree that continues in the branch, that continues in the leaf, that continues in the fruiting. Are we together now? Same water supplies to all of them. Same life sustains all of them. They all grow together. The branch can start growing while the vine will be dying. No. Or the, the vine cannot be growing and the branches will not be there. As a matter of fact, the vine tree itself cannot be complete without the branches. The completeness of the vine tree is the branches. So Jesus brings that image to communicate to you a message too deep for the brain to take. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. It's like saying, I am the human being. Eh? You are the head. Are you catching now? I'm the human being, and you are the head of the human being. How can you separate the head from the body? You see the point? So he said, I'm the vine, you are the branches, to tell us how intermingled we are, both in nature, both in substance, both in life, and everything. So, but one thing is this, the main vine keeps supplying everything it has to the branches. And the branches must play its own part by making sure that it gets leaves and fruitings. And the detail of the tree is in the vine, is in the branches. In other says, any branch in me, after I've supplied all this, that bears no fruit, my father will cut away. 
and any branch cut away cannot stand on its own. So now, why is he giving us this story? So that we can have it structured in our minds. You are not different from him from the moment we are baptized. You must catch this reality. Because the God of this world will continue to make us feel that Christ is there and we are here. And that's the minds of many Christians. That's why they feel incapacitated. They are full of fear. They still believe that, you know, they are trying to make struggle, have to struggle to be in Christ, you know. And you see all kinds of religiosity coming up. But in the day you strike the chord in your mind that I am one with Christ. His nature is my nature. His life is my life. His spirit is my spirit. And I'm one with him. It's over. Your life from that moment takes a new vista. But many Christians have not come into that yet. That's why circumstances mess them up. Disappointments finish their hearts. They are afraid of demonic forces. Their faith is shaking. And they keep struggling on religiosity. If you look at the gospel of today and read how many times Christ said, if you abide in me, if the branch abide, 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 he used it more than five times today. To abide means to make something your home. You have a total dependence on that thing. You see, if my word abides in you, and I abide, if, and if I abide in me, and my word abides in you, he began to mention the blessing that goes with it. You are the one to work out this in your mind, plus God. We must grow into the structure to be able to face the darkness that is coming. We must build this in our minds and have this formidable reality as we confront the quality of darkness that is still coming before us. The devil is waxing stronger and stronger, tearing the hearts of men apart. Fear is taking over. Doubt and unbelief is ravaging the souls of Christians. The only people can withstand the intensity of this type of corruption that is hitting you know, earth through its evil waves are people who are finally you know, mingled with Christ to the point where they abide in him and he abides in them. And they have the capacity to produce peace in the midst of confusion. They are able to produce light in the midst of darkness, in the midst of disappointment and hurt everywhere. They are able to produce love to quench the energy of the enemy. In the midst of all that is happening, uh, lack of finances, troubles in the politics, all over the world is crisis. They have the ability to sustain and you know, remain stable and refuse to be shaken. Troubles will not go away, but those who abide will remain forever. We pray at this Mass to have the passion to understand what Christ has done for us and walk in the light of it. You are the one to, you know, Build yourself in that dimension every day. Every day. And don't allow your life to be used as a specimen and a teaching lesson for others.